in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the rusty Glenn Stansberry. Rusty? It's been two weeks. It has. Since our last podcast. Well, it's always two weeks. No. Oh, it's one week plus another week. Well, we were supposed to do a podcast last week. Right. So it's three weeks. So, yes. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's been too long is what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's true. Holidays, man. Uh huh. Yeah, it was uh, 2014. Our last podcast. <laughs> uh, now we had uh, we had the holidays to take care of. Uh, got that done. Yeah, barely. I had to fly around the world and drop presents off. <laughs> uh, but I made it back. But you do that every year. I mean, exactly. It should be no surprise, Brian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see the Santa hat over on your uh, well, you know, windowsill right now. Some people say it's Saint Nick. It's actually Saint Mick. Saint Any Mick. <laughs> this kid had a speech impediment. You right. Know. I'm not gonna. Nick? I don't want to take credit for it. <laughs> so I'm not gonna speak up. Just it's gonna like let a, that one go. It's like a Tim Allen movie. <sighs> can't go into it, Glenn. Okay. I can't go into it. Um, speaking of Tim Allen. We are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. <laughs> Gentleman.com is like the ultimate tool shed mm. for your life. Yeah. That's a good way to think of Much it. Much like Tim Allen, he was in that show, that tool sitcom, time. Tool Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Th- yeah, exactly. This is like a, it's like a, a fake tool show yeah. that was inside of a sitcom. Yeah. That's what Gentleman's like. A fake tool show inside of a sitcom. Right. If, yeah. It appears to be it appears to be a worthwhile endeavor mm-hmm. on the outside looking in, but then it's just a wacky zany comedy. Yeah, on the inside. Pretty soon we're blowing up a toilet. Exactly. On accident. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what gentleman dot com mm-hmm. is all about. Yes. Sort of. Yeah, I think that was a good. I think that was a good way to put it, Brian. I- I think so too. I think that's a that pretty much something. If this is your first time listening, yes, um, um, that you can take that to the bank. You can count on that to be entirely accurate, and it will be your last time listening. Yes, so. uh, but if you want to double check me, um, which I'm always open to, I I say I'm open to criticism. I'm open to verification. Um, mm. I'm a truth teller, but hey, if you want to check it, check me, check my facts. You can go to gentleman.com and see for yourself. That's right. And once I'm exonerated, mm-hmm. uh, then because you have challenged my truthfulness, <laughs> you must now listen to all the episodes of the podcast. That's right. By going to podcast.gentleman.com because you owe me that now. I'm trying to think of something, some clever way to say if the mint uh, doesn't fit, you must acquit. You must not quit listening to the podcast. You must not quit. There it is. Listening to the podcast. <laughs> Over at podcast.gentleman.com. If you go to podcast.gentleman.com, you can follow along with this episode with the link that we're going to talk about. You can see some previous episodes, listen to some previous episodes, look at some previous beers we've rated, all that good stuff. Lots and lots of beers. Lots of beers. Around 70 to be exact. Many. Many beers and drinks of all kinds. Mm-hmm. 
um, stuff from other countries. All, all, a world of a world of a cornucopia, yeah, of experience, a plethora have. of drinks. <laughs> um, and then uh, the final thing I want to say is that you can get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. And uh, if you want to do so, you can send us a letter at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Um, you could also send us an email. We don't like to receive emails very much because they're so costly for us. There's a tax that we have to pay in Kansas on emails. And uh, yeah. it, uh, it, it really, email tax it, is the just... email tax is terrible here in Kansas. So it's really much better if we get a letter. Uh, send over to the P- uh, general mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will put it on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is the wall of fame. Wall of fame. Wall of fame. The wall of fame. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about it on the general podcast. And we might end up sending you something, a little bit a little bit of something back in return. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about talking about our, our letter that we got. Yep. Um, I- I'm also sorry uh, about... My throat sounds a little weird. If, Brian, when you're editing the podcast, mm-hmm. can you make me sound better? Is yeah, I'll possible? make you sound like Paul McCartney. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> we were just two boys <laughs> making a podcast. <laughs> That's terrible. That's not the a very good one. on the run. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. You can also hit us up on the Twitter and the Facebook and blah, 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 uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Tinder. Um, so anyway, Glenn, let's get into the uh, meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week. I thought you'd never, I thought you'd never get to this point, Brian. I'm excited. Um, sorry, I just knocked the table. <laughs> uh, in my excitement, I knocked the table. And uh, what we have today is a beer that I had out and about mm. on tap somewhere. Uh-huh. And it's called Arrogant Bastard. Now, I don't know how to clean that language up any better. Arrogant. I believe it's pronounced... Bastard. Bastard. Okay. The arrogant bastard. The arrogant bastard. Yes. Bastard. Uh, yeah. Arrogant bastard. Uh, you know, I think we're okay saying that. Kids, cover your ears. Probably shouldn't be <laughs> too late. Probably shouldn't be listening about swilling beer anyway. So. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, arrogant bastard. It's a bourbon barrel aged something. Ale? It's not an ale. No one knows. We don't. It's bourbon barrel aged beer of some kind. Yeah. Um, and their website won't tell you. It's really weird. Um, this is this is made by the Stone Brewery, but this beer isn't on their website. They have a completely different domain for the arrogant bastard. Um, <laughs> but these guys, it's really strange that they have a beer called the Arrogant Bastard because these guys seem totally down to earth. I mean, on their website, they only claim to be the ninth largest craft brewer. Uh, Made the, making the Inc. 500 list 11 times and has been called the 11th and has been called the all-time top brewery on planet Earth by Beer Advocate magazine twice. Oh wow! Um, they're going to open a brewery in Europe, the first American craft brewer to open up a brewery in Europe. But then they wouldn't be American brewers. Brewers. They'd be in a strange land brewing beer. That's right. For strange people. With monks. <laughs> It's not American is what it is. I don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. Um, but anyway. Probably evading taxes. Well. That's what they're doing right they're there. They're going to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, yeah, they 
So anyway, we'll, we'll see. Think of Dublin. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they have the, apparently the arrogant bastard comes in several flavors. There's like six different Varietals. versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the bourbon barrel aged ones, one of them, and they have this the original ale, and there's a couple other versions of it, brewed in hell, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Which after finding this out, I don't know if I actually had this particular strain right. of the bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we, we'll give it a shot anyway. The we'll, we'll find out. Things um, you need to know about this beer is that it's aged in a, a bourbon barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewery's out of what, uh, Calif- California. Yep. Uh, San, San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. And um, it's uh, 8.1% alcohol, which is pretty stout. I think we have, before we even crack this baby open, we need to get in the, a proper mindset knowing that this is not going to be, uh, you know... A light beer. This is going to be a yeah a, a, an event. This is going to be a heavy beer. An event for the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we but yeah, calibrate it, our sensors to deal with this. Speaking of calibrating your sensors, um, we're this may be the most expensive beer we've reviewed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. A yeah. six pack. Mm-hmm. Fourteen ninety nine. It's like wow. we're in New York City, Brian. Wow. Yeah. Um. So. That's some. That's a. That's a risky move out here. It's Again, the San Diego Brewery. Yeah, I don't know. Just what, like Sto- uh, Ballast Point. Ballast Point. Yeah, we talked about this. I, I I didn't make that connection until you just said it. But yeah, something about San Diego and no wonder minute. this is called the arrogant bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. That yeah. probably is part of it. Wow. I bet they're. Okay. Well, then really, we're gonna charge twice as much as everybody that's else. Right. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna do. Because the uh, the MTS mustache twist scale yes. <laughs> was invented for po folk like us, that's Brian, right, mm-hmm. who got to scrape together all We're the paintings. We're just a couple of hicks from French Lake. That's right, a bunch of <laughs> Okies from Muskogee. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're th- yeah this this had, uh, I had to like get a second mortgage to buy this thing yeah and I don't even own it I house. had a cosign <laughs> Brian, yeah Brian's uh, <laughs> Brian's on the hook for all this so <clears throat> anyway so yeah uh, yeah okay well we better expensive pop open and uh... did, do, do, was there any I, I looked on the packaging I couldn't see any uh, information about the the IBUs or okay the IBUs yes classified. According to their website. Classified? Uh-huh. Uh, hot variety? Classified. Oh, so arrogant. Um, but little do they know that we are two uh, licensed sommeliers. That's Beer right. Sommeliers. We'll let you know. So we'll tell you exactly what the IBU count of this beer is. I would wager it's probably going to be in the 30 to 40 range. Well, we won't know until we try. Because this is going to be... Ooh, you can, you can smell the hops. Cheers. All right. Cheers, Brian. Weird. Uh, huh. It's not very hoppy. No. I would say about 28. Yeah. Even lower than Maybe, that. yeah. 25? Anyway, hops aren't an issue here. That's a little hoppy, actually. Was it that, or is it the bourbon barrel? I don't know. Or is the bourbon barrel covering up something else? Man, I am thoroughly disappointed. I wonder if we're Ooh. drinking this wrong. Is this something that should be like poured in a glass? Maybe we should try that. Let Got me, okay, I'm going to retrieve some glasses here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll vamp while Brian's retreating. Yeah. <laughs> Got the glasses. Brian is... Ugh. Okay. 
I didn't do a good good pour there. Um, okay, Glenn. So we we we've determined that the hop count on this is thirty two IBUs. Yeah, sure. That's what I. That's that's um, a good. That's what I'm getting from this. Thirty two. So hops, fine, whatever. Yeah, not too bad. The actual wood chunks in the beer is <laughs> from the barrels. Pretty interesting. Unsettling. You do have to chew it a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is like a steak. Well, that's better than in the bottle. Yeah, I needed to like breathe a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Pro tip, kids. Yeah, if you get the uh, bourbon barrel aged arrogant bastard, put it in a uh, put it in a drink glass. That's actually a pretty good pretty good rule of thumb for lots of the stout yeah. imperial stout type things. Okay, Glenn. Well, what would you say would be your rating on this uh, beer? Well, we know the has a middle of the road IBU count. Uh, high alcohol count, eight point one percent. Got that going for him. Uh, but it also, unfortunately, has an extremely high price. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to ding him for that. Also, I'm going to ding him for being bastards. Here's the thing: <laughs> if you have a beer that costs fifteen dollars, it better be good. It better taste twice as good. It better be f- good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got. You can't be selling a $15 beer in Kansas unless it's really good. Um, I mean, this isn't bad. It's not bad. This isn't the beer that I had, though. I, well, maybe the other one. I is. think their straight-up normal Arrogant uh, Bastard is really good. Okay. At least it was that night. <laughs> what were you doing that night? You know night? what? Come to think of it, lots of things were really good that night. Okay, Glenn. So what, what would you Man. say would be your rating on this uh, oak-aged bourbon? It's tough. I'm going to... It's going to be in the 60s for sure. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, so you're saying... I mean, even though it's got, you know, nice alcohol content, the problem is mm-hmm. your your taste in the alcohol. Yep. Like, it's not smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the price is just yowza. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say 63. Yeah, 6.3, six, six huh? Mm-hmm. I was going to go with a 6.9. Six, uh, six, 6.9, six, really? Yeah, I would give it... I really? Would, I would give it a 6.9 just based on the high alcohol percentage. Yeah, okay. And it's not bad. It's, it's not just, bad. It's not bad, but the high price is pretty... High. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty high. I mean, um, this isn't as bad as that. What was that beer, the, the Iron Maiden beer? Was it Iron Maiden? Or was oh, it? yeah. It was Iron Maiden. Yeah. The Iron Maiden beer. That was, uh, that was a legendarily bad one. Yeah. So it's not like that. And then there was the... Uh, what was the other one we did that was terribly low? The goes. Oh, the goes. Yeah. And so it goes. Yeah. And should stay away. Yep. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, let's put some of these stats into the uh, patent-pending, trademarked uh, MTS computer. Okay. And uh, we'll see what the actual real empirical score for the... Really real. Uh, bourbon barrel-aged arrogant bastard is. Okay, Glenn. So mm-hmm. we said the price was fourteen ninety nine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we also said the alcohol by volume was 8.1%. Mm-hmm. And we also said that the IBUs were 32. And that was the official yes. amount yes. from based on our so. scientific sommelier skills. Yes. Okay. Well, let, let me... Uh, okay, so the uh, MPS computer has the stats that it needs to, to compute the score. We just got to sit back for a second and let it tell us what the actual rating is. I'm going to be interested to see what this what this spits out. Yeah, this, this should be cool. Okay. Okay. Got the um, got the uh, rating here, just hot off the presses. Um, Glenn, it's a six point six. Six point six. Wow. On the MTS scale. 
That is okay. That's fair. That's fair. I that's feel like fair. that's fair. Given that, yeah. So what we tell it out is the MTS computer is empirical, factual, and trademarked. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Um, and then Glenn just took a stop on over to our good friends, uh, our uh, partners over at <laughs> beersnob.com. And uh, according to beersnob.com, uh, the score is a 87. Yeah. Yeah. Also, <sighs> oh, never mind. Sorry. I thought I saw IBUs on there. Yeah. Um, no this way. Is a, this is a good beer snob beer. It is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste very good. Doesn't taste very good. Uh, it's really expensive, and there's a lot of alcohol. In and it. it's bur- it's like barrel aged, and, and it's got a marketing shtick to it. Yeah, exactly. Right we, up their alley. The MTS will see right through the thin veneer of That's marketing right. mm-hmm. shtick. I think you know it'll stand the test of time. Yep. And thirty years from now, people will say, you know what? That wasn't an eighty-seven. That was more like a six point six, just like the MTS said. Yep. We'll be vindicated, but it'll That's take a right, while. That's right, but it'll take a while. Just like all good art. You know what I mean? Just like gentlemen. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Someday we'll be now. vindicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of gentlemen, let's uh, get in some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last uh, two weeks or so. All right. Well, first up, <clears throat> Ben Espen. Mm-hmm. Always killing it on the site. Yep. Lots of, I love his range of articles that he posts. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, he's not in a certain niche. He's out there... You know, getting all sorts of interesting, newsworthy stuff. Multilingual. Yes. Yes. And he is speaking our language this evening with this article titled, Atop an Ozark Mountain, Chateau Pensmore is a mansion built for millennia. Mm. And this is in uh, the Kansas City Star, which is actually a a local rag uh, down just down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, Local fish wrap. That's right. And um, so the article talks about this um, gentleman whose name escapes me, uh, Stephen T. Huff. Mm-hmm. And he is a interesting fellow. He was in the CIA. He's an inventor. He's a software developer. He's just kind of... He's one of those guys. He's a tinkerer. Mm-hmm. And he sold his company for a, a bajillion dollars. A bajillion dollars, which I think is actually in the article. Right. Literally, they put bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And now he's retired and a quote-unquote inventor. So right. he basically travels around... Tinkers on stuff and builds flipping huge mansions. Right. Um, and he is building outside of kind of in the Ozarks, kind of outside of Branson, mm-hmm. um, if you know the area, uh, a 72,000 square foot home. And for reference, the White House is 55,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And if that weren't enough, um, he is building it. He built the entire. Um, foundation, framework, everything using concrete. Right. A special... A sp- right. It's a like a hybrid. Um, it's got like styrofoam in it for insulation purposes. and Well, it's got it's got a, a lattice structure in, yep. embedded in the concrete right. to make it stronger and... Uh, right, the rebar. And, and allow it to flex mm-hmm. when under stress so it won't crack. It will flex and then return to a normal shape. He claims that it will... Withstand an earthquake, bomb blast, and a direct hit from an F five tornado, um, just in case. Yeah, he says it'll it'll be standing there two thousand years from now, and he said even then it'll be hard to knock down, um, which is pretty cool. When I was reading this, it reminded me of the Biltmore States in North Carolina, okay, which is the largest private residence in the United States. It was built by George Vanderbilt oh, okay. uh, at the turn of the century, and I think I've uh, heard of him. Yeah, and. Um, 
and anyway, it, 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 it's a uh, it, that's it's a very similar style. And and this guy Huff, he actually modeled the design of this house based on European and French mm-hmm. uh, classic homes. Uh, you know, and and same with the, the Biltmore Estates. And it also has the same like a similar look as the Biltmore Estates. Yeah, um, it's just got a kind of you know old European vibe to it. Stark, and it's kind of really, castle-y kind of. It's really weird that it's built out of concrete, but it's super cool. I mean, it looks <laughs> awesome. And uh, I guess this guy ha- owns a concrete company. He yeah. bought them, and that's he's trying to test out <laughs> some of their designs on this house, mm. yeah. uh, which is actually really cool. Yeah, if you there's a slideshow at the beginning of the article, and you, you flip through and see like a bunch of different features of the house mm-hmm. and the rooms and everything. Um, and he's the thing I, I think I like most is that he's... Um, I don't know if he designed them or had them designed, but he ha- he uh, the the old school like animal um, heads head and busts. You yeah, know? exactly. Like you know the lions like are yeah. doing this outside. Of, you know, uh-huh. he's he's casting all those in these molds mm-hmm. and putting them. Um, man, I, my I took art you know history and all, I had to learn all the right. terminology in college. I can't remember now, but you know I'm talking about the mm-hmm. the molding everywhere that yeah. has the. I love that kind of stuff. I think yeah. it's pretty cool. It sounds weird because it's made out of all concrete, but it actually looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and I bet it, it looks like it will stand up forever. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a nice place. And he's built it all with renewable energy stuff, like high-tech, yeah. heating, cooling, solar energy, all this stuff, just to try to tech, test out all these different technologies. Um, so it looks looks pretty awesome. I guess he spent like six years developing it or something, and it's on 600 acres of, grand, of land. Yeah. So. It, he, yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting. I I, I kind of like the idea of leaving a legacy like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so to indicate data indicates heating and cooling systems demanded far less activation activation for a like size building. Eighty eight percent less heating and seventy three percent less cooling. That's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Now it only costs like three thousand dollars a day to, to yeah, heat and exactly. cool. Right. Because um, it's massive. <sighs> Yep, but anyway, Glenn. All right, well, that's, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll have to go stay over at uh, Mr. Yeah, Huff's Chateau house. Yeah, Chateau uh, Maybe we'll do a, a review of the yeah. uh, the facility. The other interesting thing, before we go before we leave this topic, the other mm-hmm. interesting thing about this article is that they also interviewed the neighbors around this mansion, and, and there's a little bit of uh, uh, suspicious, uh, I think people in the Ozarks are suspicious as it is anyway. <laughs> I could safely say that because I know many of them. Um, but you know, they claim to hear, you know, weird noises and, mm-hmm. um, you know, somebody claimed to hear a train pulling up to the house, even though there's no train for right. Like right. There's supposed miles, to be right. underground tunnels, right? Um, all this stuff, escape tunnels, you know, yeah. all kinds of, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. which adds to the lore. That's true. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I mean, and you know what? If you have those kind of resources, yeah, why not? Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty awesome. I didn't know any of that stuff. Or I didn't know that was going on. Um, it's hard to build a seventy-two thousand foot mansion uh, in these parts and not hear about it. But yeah, these parts. Well, it's like five hours away. But, well, but, but I mean, it's close yeah. enough to go yeah. check out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure he'll o- open arms, welcome us to his doorstep once we drive up. Yeah, I'm sure he's a frequent contributor. Uh huh. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, well, we'll check that out and get back to you. We'll revisit that in the podcast after we go visit Chateau Pensmore. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. Well, moving on to a post from our good friend Zombie Cat Bacon. Mm. Um, this is called The Man Who Uses Ugly Fruit to Make Us Stop Wasting Food. Uh, this is from a site called Ozzy. Yeah, I'd never heard of this site. I went and kind of did a little 
weird background check on it. It actually has quite a lot of traffic to the. It's mm-hmm. a kind of popular thing. Um, anyway, Glenn, this is this is about a guy. Uh, this is about Jordan Figueredo. Figueredo. Jordan Figueredo. Jordan Figueredo. Figueredo. Um, Jordan Figueredo is a... Uh, he's a guy that is very concerned with the amount of food that gets thrown away in the U.S. Uh, every, every year. Uh, and apparently about 25% of all produce gets tossed to the wayside because it doesn't look perfect. Right. He he has a thing about the uh, apparently at most grocery stores they will not accept any fruit or vegetable that doesn't look, you know, as you would expect it to look. Right. Because that's how apparently a big marketing thing for grocery stores is the invitingness of the perfect fruit when you walk in mm-hmm. and see everything. It's this big cornucopia of fruit and vegetables that lo- right. all looks perfect. And if it doesn't look perfect, they don't want it. And apparently about 25% of stuff that gets grown because of weather patterns or, you know, different things that happen, they're still perfectly fine mm-hmm. to eat, but they look a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. And so uh, grocery stores don't take it. So consequently, about 25% of the stuff that gets go- thrown gets grown, gets thrown away. And uh, so anyway, he's trying to work to change this. This is something that's very important to him. He actually works in, uh, I think, in California at a uh, a waste department working on recycling solid waste or something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, point of it is, uh, he started this blog, and, or not this blog, he started a Twitter stream uh, called Ugly Fruit and Veg. And what he did was he took, he'd go to farmer's markets, he'd go to all these places where they actually had the ugly fruit, where they sell it, um, and he would go find stuff that looked kind of funny looking or had it was humorous or it reminded him of something else and he just started posting pictures of the ugly fruit to bring awareness to the fact that it might look kind of weird but it's totally fine to eat and if we can convince grocery stores to start selling this stuff uh, all that wasted food will go to use farmers will sell more stuff because they won't have to throw it away right etc so anyway uh, it's a great idea and he's got a, t- a huge amount of following. In fact, a bunch of famous chefs and all that stuff have started following him and saying, you know, follow this guy and and support him because he's doing a great thing. Uh, it's a simple idea, but it's actually pretty pretty cool. It really is. Um, they were talking about that. I don't uh, that overseas. This is kind of it's starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. They're taking this the ugly fruits and vegetables and selling them at discounts. Right. You know, anywhere from twenty five to forty percent off. Right. Man, if they did that in the states, I would only buy the ugly stuff. Yeah. Because. I don't care. I'm just going right. to cut it up, mash it up. I'm going right. to, you know, I'm not going to like plate it and take much of pictures of it before I eat it. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. It, it would, it, it, uh, man, I'd be all for it. I think this is a great thing. Yeah. Personally. It is. I had no idea this even was going on. Like, I I would have never known. This is this is the beauty of gentlemen. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, um, I, I had no idea. I just assumed that all fruit looked perfect. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I just, I, that's so naive. But I, the only fruit I ever know, I've never, you know, I don't yeah. pick stuff off trees. You get something off your mango tree. Yeah, I, I go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And at the grocery store, everything looks perfect. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I would buy the, the weird looking stuff too. I mean, as long as it didn't look, you know, like it had been 
drop kicked into the you know <laughs> it was, as long as it wasn't was rotting right. or you know any of that stuff and this this guy's contention is no 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 it's all the same stuff it just looks a little bit weird and some of his pictures are he found like a green pepper that resembled a an old man and <laughs> yeah there's like a, a rapper one where he's like you know it's like a rapper carrot basically it looks like a you know a hip-hop carrot or something like that um a strawberry that looks like it's giving the thumbs up because it's got like five of the. Well, who you know, wouldn't the, want? The most, I don't know. I don't know. And that's his point. Is he's trying to use humor to bring awareness to this. So, well, and the other thing too, like, I mean, why can't you just? If you're weird about appearances, like, why not just make a soup with it, or like, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. if it's a potato, yeah. Mash most them, of the time, you, know, like, you don't even see. I mean, result. You, you know, yeah. why not? Um, you're slicing it up, dicing it, mashing it, cooking it. It's probably going to be all good. This but. is great. We're we're a wasteful country. We really are. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, excess. Well, know? it's not just us. It's, it's several other countries. Uh, yeah. They said even they were talking about this big supermarket in France that actually started a campaign that was yeah. similar, kind of bring, using humor to say, like, we're going to sell this stuff a little bit of a discount because it doesn't look perfect, but we're still going to sell it right. as opposed to throwing it away. So Yeah. I, I, I love this. I love this idea. I, I fully support this dude and absolutely well now that it's on the general podcast i'm sure that it's going to taste yeah he, his twitter followers are going to go like right like there's going to be at least one or two more people that are gonna gonna, at least one or two that are going to yeah. stop following him yeah exactly um okay well good that was great that's a great find thank you zombie cat bacon good post as usual mm-hmm. all right last up um i think i don't know if we've uh, featured this uh gentleman member before i don't think we have okay springer 781 mm-hmm Wow, he posted a a piece that really resonated with Brian. You or I could have written this article. I basically. think it, it might be plagiarism. Yeah. He probably just recorded one of our podcasts right. and he just verbatim wrote down everything. But mm-hmm. um, the, it's titled "Why I Hate IPAs," mm-hmm. and it's over on Thrillist dot com. Um, it's a site that kind of it shows up often on Gentleman. Um, kind of a food culture kind of yep. you know guy guy culture kind of stuff, but. The first line had me hooked. Uh, well, the title had me hooked. It says, Why I hate something you probably love, IPAs. And I said, Oh, yeah. And I leaned forward in my chair. Yep. And then I read the first line. It says, IPAs disgust me. <laughs> and I was hooked. Yeah. I read it cover to cover. Um, and basically, the article talks about something that I know I have felt deep inside me mm-hmm. as I watch my friends, my wife. Mm-hmm. Go gaga over IPAs, mm-hmm. and I just cannot get on board right. with with IPAs. I'm right. fundamentally opposed to them, mm-hmm. um, and I, and so is this writer. Okay, yeah, and he uses some excellent language to um, highlight his his views and wonderful pictures mm-hmm. to illustrate those views as well. So his reasoning behind this, I'm going to hit the bullet points here. Is first sure. of all, they take like they taste like crap. <laughs> okay. Second of all, uh, it's they're all so incredibly filling. They are. They're very filling beers. They're all typically high alcohol, high, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots going on. Uh, he can't chug them, which is a big problem for him. <laughs> uh, they're egregiously overpriced. Uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they make they make him feel like he's taking crazy pills. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, and he says he's jealous of all the fun they're having with the IPAs. Yeah, <laughs> which so, I can understand. Yeah, you know, all those pe- all those hopheads are having all the fun. Man, it's not cool, man. I just don't get it. You know, people say that the the old, what is it, the old English style, the old style IPAs weren't, weren't like 
They, they mention uh, a couple of the commenters mention this. Uh, that's right, on gentlemen. And, yeah, on this gentlemen. is why this is why you got to go back. Uh, so I, to gentlemen. I need to find these IPAs that they speak of because I'm not sure which ones they're referring to. Um, but I, I will be interested in trying a British type IPA. British type IPA. Okay, so I'm interested in that because a couple people on there said it was said they were good. Um, I'm not an IPA guy. Neither of us are. We've talked no. about this all the time. Like we, if if you're looking for <coughs> reviews of hoppy beers, you come to the wrong place. Yeah, they're not going to be hard on our list. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in Arkansas this last week, um, visiting family. Mm-hmm. Kind of a quick trip down there. And, yeah. Um, and went to the liquor store to pick up six pack, and I was heartened by the fact that I could not find. Maybe one or two packs of IPAs. Really? Because I had to, I had to get something for my wife. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. They don't really stock it. Mm. And it was. It was. It was nice. I yeah. I feel like it's it's taken the beer world by storm, and not yeah. a good storm. No. Like a bad, dark storm. I don't. I just. I just don't understand like the plague. it. Plague. Yeah. It's. It truly is. Um. You know. I. I don't know. It's like drinking pint salt to me. Yeah, yeah, expensive pine salt. I think pine salt's cheaper. Um, but yeah, this guy just puts it out there that he, you know, he's he's been embarrassed and finally he's coming clean. He's telling it like it is. He can't stand the IPAs. No, and you know what I hate about IPAs in general and the people that drink them. Oh, and I'm over generalizing here. But it's a wide brush, Brian. Is when you go to the liquor store. Hmm? And you get some lager beer or something, mm-hmm. and some guy, and I've talked about this three times on the podcast, <laughs> and some jerk looks at your six-pack that you got of a lager beer, and he's like, and oh, you're, you're going to drink that? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. How dare you judge my beer? Yeah. Your snooty IPA drinking, I, you know, yeah, jack wagon? Tastes like a, like lawn clippings, man. Ah. <sighs> uh. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at your IPA and judge you for it. Well, maybe no. I will. Inside, but, yeah, exactly. But I'm not gonna say anything to you about it. I'm gonna be like, oh, what a jerk. But I'm yeah. just gonna be thinking it. I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, that was the hard part when when we went to uh, Oregon over the summer. Is that we went to this? Um, we went uh, to Mecca. We went to to Beer Deschutes. Mecca, Deschutes Brewery in Portland. And he's like, what kind of IPA do you want? Yeah, basically, that's how it, it, it was like. <laughs> you order something, and I guess in the summer it's more seasonal. Yeah, kind of. But yeah. it was like IPA, 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 pale ale. Why do they do that? IPA. I don't yeah. know. I don't. So Every I was, brewery I've ever been to is like that. I don't Seven know. Seven different IPAs I don't and then know. one brown ale or something. I would assume because that's what people buy. I mean, I wouldn't make a bunch yeah. of stuff people weren't going to yeah, buy. exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess people go to the brewery and they expect the uh, the smack you in the face IPA stuff. I don't, I don't know, man. Well, this is a great article, Glenn. I, I loved it. Uh, you have to stop by podcast.gentleman.com because this guy accompanies the article <laughs> with several great pictures <laughs> where he's acting out his disdain for IPAs. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact he makes a homemade bottle. Right. And wraps it with this, you know, a, a fake label. A fake label that says "fancy IPA." Yeah, and and proceeds to, uh, you know, hate it. Act out all, several uh, scenarios that he's talking about in the article. Um. <laughs> anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, we agree with this guy wholeheartedly. Yep. yep. And uh, we applaud Springer seven eighty one for posting this to gentleman dot com. It's a great post. And I'm gonna have to. Tra- I'm gonna have to track down. But you know, we should track down. One of these British style IPAs, and then maybe that'll change our give mind. it give it a fair shake. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, okay, Glenn. Sorry, oh, that's all right. 
That's all right, Glenn. Um, okay, Glenn, it's time for the uh, the toast of the this week. Not the toast of the week. The toast this week. The toast this week's. Uh, and Glenn, some amazing news has come out. And I've already been talking to my friend about this before it was announced. Really? Uh, I talked to my buddy Ken Williams, and I said, I've been hearing rumors about this. If this happens, we have to go see this. Okay? Um, and I just read that it's official that Guns N' Roses is headlining the Coachella Festival. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about Guns N' Roses with Axel and 10 guitar players you never heard of. Right. We're talking about the original Guns N' Roses. With Axel. With Axel, with Slash, with Duff. Everybody's going to be there. <laughs> Everybody's invited. Everybody's going to be Everybody's there. Everybody's going to be there. And they're headlining Coachella. Um, so I'm super excited about this. And I want to toast Axel and Slash. And much like a soothsayer... I prognosticated this with my Halloween costume. With Laura and my Halloween costumes where I dressed up as Axel and Laura dressed up as Slash. You did. That's right. And at the end of the night, I sang November Rain to Slash. And uh, it was... was, Wasn't it morning? It was a heartfelt... (laughs) You know, I'm sorry for everything that went on between us. It was almost like a rain dance to get Guns N' Roses back together. You know? So... Wow. So it it was a beautiful moment. And I like to think that somehow... The gods found a way to make this happen, um, you know. And, I, and so I, I just want to say that you know this is exciting for me. I'm super excited about this. I love the Appetite for Destruction. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. I thought you say uh, Change Democracy. Well, Change Democracy was a little. That was not the best album of all time. I like some of the stuff off it, but yeah. uh, Appetite for Destruction is a legendary rock album. And I, it's is that the one with Welcome to the Jungle? Yes. Okay, that's all you know. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. It's got tons I'm of uh, tons it's of November rain, on. right? <laughs> Not quite. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, it, it's uh, you know it's exciting to see these guys back together again. They've been feuding for too long. It's like if for like twenty years. If it's like if you and I had a falling out and we split up and went our separate ways. And then you were like Axl Rose, you're running Gentleman, and I was like doing my solo projects, and they weren't very successful, but you still had Gentleman, and it was all yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, you know, let's just bury the hatchet, Glenn. You know, let's let's do this. And then we're Fine. and then we're headlining Coachella. Then we're then yeah. then people are like, what's a website? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it an app? So anyway, I'm super excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. So you're gonna go? I'm not gonna go to Coachella. I I told. Ken, that we need to go to one of their shows in the early part of the tour. So they're do- okay. So it's going to be a tour, and it's going to start this is, at Coachella. This is, or it's that's gonna- that's, that's going to be their first show together. Oh. So we've got to see them in the first few shows because they're not going to last long. No, no, they won't. They're going to split They've up. They've got an appetite for destruction. Yeah, exactly. They're going to split up. <laughs> they're going to have a fifteen show tour planned, and they're going to split up in three. So we've got to be there to see the you know to see it. Are they going to? Are they playing any stadiums? Oh yeah, they will. I mean, like okay, but Coachella is like a big festival. Mm-hmm. Are they actually like doing stadiums? Oh, I can guarantee you, they're going to be you sold think out. So. Absolutely, absolutely. You're saying you they would come to Arrowhead Stadium, which is I don't know, or any stadium. I mean, fifty hundred thousand people. What? Yeah, I, I, I would. You do? Th- okay. I would bet you dollars to donuts that they could do that. I love both those things. <laughs> I love dollars saying, and donuts. I, I'm just saying. Think about like a Kiss tour. You know what I mean? Kiss reunion tour where all the band, the entire band's back together, 
Yeah? It's huge. They yeah. make $100 billion off it or whatever. You know what I mean? I guess you too. Every you too. time, every you know, few years they come around. Yeah, exactly. This is They haven't played together in 20 years. I mean, come on. This is going to be huge. Wow. The whole generation is, is willing to go out and... Man. So anyway, I'm excited about it. And uh, I'm glad they finally buried the hatchet. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta let let uh, let things go and get get on with the show. I'm I'm glad that they finally you know decided. Look, enough's enough. Right. We were really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were also a little crazy. Yep. I'm speak. I'm looking at you, Axel. <laughs> All right. You're weird. Slash was cool. Slash you. You're cool. Yeah. Right? Axel, what is going on, man? Yeah. There's seriously something wrong. Maybe he's like. Mellowed a little bit now. This is like Mike Tyson now. Like Mike Tyson's kind of come around, you know, he's got a weird tattoo on his eye now, yeah. but he's all, he's you know, like very and introspective. And yeah. Slash has always been pretty, pretty chilled out and everything. Yeah. Duff's super cool. He writes for ESPN and. Really? You know, yeah. He, he, I think he's got some kind of a television show too. He, he's. Which one's Duff? Duff's the bass player. Steven Adler's that the guy? German. Yeah, that's, that's Duff. Okay. Um, so I don't know, but I, this is going to be good. I'm, I'm pumped for it. So anyway, I just wow. wanted to send a, a gentleman toast out to them. With all the accolades I'm getting, I'm sure they really appreciate this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, the you know, Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. There's, you know. Nobel, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, no, right. Nobel you know. Prize. Exactly. Um, and gentlemen, podcast, gentleman podcast mention. Toast. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We only reserve that for the, the best. <clears throat> exactly. Bob Ross mm-hmm. um, and Guns N' Roses. That's right. So wow. Well, okay. To well, to uh, uh, GNR, live long and prosper. That's right. For three for shows. Three shows. <laughs> <laughs> don't if you're planning on catching them, don't catch them late. No, they will not. They're not long for this earth. Get get on get on the train early. That's uh, and do not get off. Uh, yeah. Well. Um. Anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll report back when I go to this this show. Yeah. I'm, and then. Yeah, uh, well, have they planned any dates yet, or is it all? I, 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 all I heard was they were there was rumors of it happening, and then they officially came out the other day and announced this was the first show of the tour. So I'm gonna get in there. You're gonna be going to Cleveland or something? Yeah, I yeah. will. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. I'll figure it out. All right. So hey, Southwest flies many places, my friend. That's true. Um. Okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the uh, hot body topic. Topic. That was a weird one. It was weird. Um, speaking of weird, the uh, the all powerful social networking website, mm-hmm. Twitter, all hell Twitter, uh, has some interesting news for you. Yes, for the last decade, they've had a 140 character limit mm-hmm. on what you could put into the box mm-hmm. and then submit mm-hmm. for your tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors are circulating that that. Legendary 140 character limit may be going away, the way of the dodo, mm. and replaced by a up to 10,000 character limit instead. So no longer Twitter. No, it's basically a blogging platform, long form content. So I read this. You sent this along, Ryan. I read mm-hmm. the article accompanying it from Mac Rumors, mm-hmm. kind of detailing right. what was going on. I'm sure mm-hmm. lots of different places are covering it. Right. And basically, the Twitter camp was like, oh, no, 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 no. Look, guys, 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 guys. This is still Twitter. You can still right. post short stuff, mm-hmm. but it can also be long stuff. Yep. 
And it's not going to change the experience at all, but it's going to change the experience. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Um, yeah. Interesting, Brian. Mm-hmm. I, I usually go first on the hot button topic. Mm-hmm. What is your take? You, you are more of a... You, I think as a platform, you enjoy Twitter more than I do. I use it as a tool, like a, a, an, e, a, a an ends to a means kind of thing. Okay. I stopped using Twitter mm. about three years ago. Yep. Uh, I started using Twitter in 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it was awesome mm-hmm. because the whole world wasn't on it yet. Mm-hmm. And so you had, you know, 20 or 30 people that were on it that, you know, that you followed. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. You could check through every post. People would say interesting things. Yeah. Social media was kind of in its infancy, so there wasn't a lot of, yeah. uh, I just ran 4,000 miles and, you know. <laughs> just ran for all the stuff. Check out my splits. Yeah. I, you know, look at what my, <coughs> look at what my kid did today, you know. You know what I mean? Like, all the stuff that you see over and over again. You, you know, everybody has those people on there yeah. that share bad, share stuff that you shouldn't share. Oh, yeah. And brag about stuff way too much and post pictures of their food way too much. Or cats. None of that stuff was happening back then. It was all, you know. Cool. It, it was cool. And it was also, like, a way to keep track of people in an interesting way. Or maybe maybe yeah. acquaintances that you didn't know very well but could get to know better. You right. Know? And it was, you know, so it was cool way back when. And, right. I re- and I really appreciated it. And I really got a kick out of it. And then it got to a point a couple years ago where I started... You know, I for the longest time I was going through every day and reading all my friends' posts and everything like that. And then one day I just woke up and I was just over it. I don't know what happened. There wasn't any particular issue or anything like that. I just woke up one morning and I was like, I don't care about this anymore. Yeah, it's just too much noise. Yeah, I'm I'm done with it. It's just people. You know, it's just it's run its course. Yep, it, I, I can't do it anymore. So I stopped using it. Um, which is kind of a bummer sometimes. Sometimes I think you know I need to get back to it, all this stuff, but I just I can't I can't deal with all the the stupid posts and all the things that are on there now. Right. I really need a, a smaller social network. You Say, know what I mean? gentlemen, like gentlemen, exactly. <laughs> um, so and we have 140 characters and just limit. slightly smaller. Yeah, exactly. Not, not right. that much smaller. Yeah. So um, no, but. Um, so anyway, I I know I, I I do appreciate it. I really did like the 140 character limit. I think yeah. it was a good it was a good idea. They they did it initially, I believe, because it used to be a text based service. It was a limit, and there was an actual 140 character limit on text. So they started doing that, and they kind of realized, well, we need to keep it that because it's a unique part of our service. You know, everybody else went to the longer stuff, right? You know, uh, then that's the, that's the funny part about Twitter is that if you try to explain to a kid. Who just recently signed up for it or uses it a lot? Right. Um, that you actually would send Twitter a text and it would publish it to your timeline. Right. Like that was the initial use case. Right. It would boggle their mind because I mean, yeah, it's so weird. Apps, you know, right. like mm-hmm. Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. you know, any, you know, what would you use the text more? I mean, yeah. And so anyway, yeah, it, it. Yeah, I think I think my thing is that, I mean, can we just stop t- calling it Twitter? Yeah. It's really not Twitter anymore. It's right. it's a different platform, right? Um, for better or worse. But the problem is that they they have been they haven't been. It's crazy. They haven't been growing as fast as Facebook or other networks, and because they're are they public? They're public. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know they got the shareholders thing yep. about, so they got exactly more and better, more and better. And uh, I like Jack Dorsey. I, I, yeah, I think he's a champ. He's the guy that's in charge of Twitter now. He was one of the co-founders. Medium. He left. No. Oh, okay. uh, he left guy. to go do um, Square, Yep, which is the payment platform. Right. 
or he left for other reasons, but he ended up in his off time. He started Square, which was a wildly successful mobile payment platform. Yeah. Uh, Twitter got in trouble, much like a Apple story where you know Steve Jobs leaves, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, you know, the CEOs aren't really getting it done. Shareholders are pissed. You yeah. know, it's not growing like he said as fast as it should. Blah blah blah." I mean, you know, what's a shame about all this stuff, which is so silly, is like Twitter's awesome. You yeah. know, it's a great thing that a lot of people use every day. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go, when you have a big company, like they made it, and you have all the shareholders, when you go to make it a public company, <coughs> all of a sudden, the metrics that you're using to see if you're successful or not are all the wrong metrics. How many users do we have? Are we growing? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all these things that... How much money are we making? It, you know, it's more... It should be more about... Do we have a good thing that people really like to use? You know, as, are we as profitable? To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I mean, I don't know. So I think it's kind of a shame because then you start chasing all these metrics to increase your share price, and it just doesn't ever seem like you're really doing the right things for that reason. Maybe they will. Maybe Dorsey will get it changed around. I don't know. But, yeah, but it's not it's not Twitter anymore though. I mean, they can they can paint it however they want. But right. if you can go in and type a blog post and hit publish, mm-hmm. it's not Twitter. Yeah, which is funny because. These guys were the founders of Blogger mm-hmm. before they started Twitter. Right. So it's kind of interesting that it's come full circle now. Right. Start Blogger, sell it, start Twitter, mm-hmm. start Square, come back around. Oh, start Medium. The other the other founders started Medium, another blogging right. platform, mm-hmm. publishing platform. Right. And now it's all, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Um, but it makes sense because most, the thing that makes sense to me is that most of Twitter now is people posting links to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all content marketing. It's all this and that. And I'll I'll, I'll be the first. You know, I mean, that's kind of how we use it for gentlemen. Like, yeah, we don't. We do have some conversations on it, which is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, but really, most people just use it to consume content. Right. Um, that's kind of the use case now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a conversational platform as much anymore. Right. As, as but it used to be. But it used to be exactly. I mean, that was the thing, because I remember reading all the posts that my buddies did, and they'd maybe like post an article, and it was like a, it wasn't like a marketing thing. It nope. was how oh, I read this article. I got this really cool piece of information from it. You guys should check it out, and it was sincere. Yep. You know, so you'd read through the posts, and they were like sincere, cool stuff. I mean, I don't remember how many great design and you know development yeah. articles I picked up on because somebody said this or that or. You know, whatever. Like, there was a lot of great information I got from it, but then it just had this tipping point where it stopped becoming useful for that, and it was more just, like, a 100 posts to one that I was, like, really interested in. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And I don't know if adding 10,000 character limits is going to change that. I don't know. The, the interesting about thing about the article that I linked up to, to Glenn was that, um, and I'll link this up on the on the uh, podcast.gentleman.com, but um, Dorsey talks about how he keeps seeing people use note like the Apple Notes thing and writing out a long thing and then taking a picture taking of a it. Taking a picture of it, yeah. And then adding that into Twitter. And you see that all the time. Yep. When an athlete leads a school or whatever, they've yep. got a, a tweet with the picture of the notepad thing that the guy wrote out, the several paragraphs, and it's a yep. picture. And they want to be able to get that text and search it and all that stuff. And I get that, but it's kind of a it's a weird it's a weird thing. I think the shareholders are looking for big changes. Yeah, to, to see some kind of thing change at the company because it's just not working. So I will I will pose this thought. Okay, so you're right. I do see that a ton on Twitter. Um, yeah, you know I also see it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about Instagram 
is that it really hasn't deviated at all. I mean, it's been right. bought by Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's still the exact same thing for the most part. Yeah. They add some little stuff here and there. They added like the public website stuff. Right. Which, they did that, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was surprised they you didn't can embed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, people are posting pictures of text all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not like, oh well, people need to write out a blog post. Let's just make Instagram a blogging platform. Right. You know, um, right. and it does make more sense for Twitter to do that, but than Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. But the point is, is that they're like, you know what? This is what we do. Yeah. This is our horse. We're behind it. You uh-huh. know. And I think that's why they have maintained success, because once you start adding in, you know, if you're not careful with how you add it in, the complexity, right? It, when you change the ecosystem, you shake up the Apple, apple cart a bunch, mm-hmm. like Twitter has over the years. Yeah, they keep jostling the apple cart, and eventually yeah. stuff falls out. Yeah, I think that they've switched CEOs several times. Yeah, um, you know, they had meteoric growth. Yeah, and uh, it's hard to figure that out once you yeah, you know, get to a certain point. And uh, trying to grow it more is like, man, I don't know. Like, can you get any more people on Twitter? Like, it seems like everybody's on it already. Well, and they're just trying to make more money from it somehow. Yeah, and I'm guessing they'll probably will if there's longer form content. More. I guess I'm just I I, I I think it's pretty clear that you know Facebook can make more money because they know more about you. you yeah, know what I mean, yep, they know, you know. I don't know. They know your location. They know your... I guess Twitter knows that, too. Well, Facebook knows a lot about you. Yeah. It, it, interests. Yeah. Um, where you've been on the internet. Where you've been. Yeah. They, all those like and share buttons. Yeah. Man, this is a long, hot-button topic. Well, man. But... Anyway. We're, we're, it's unwieldy. I, I'm not saying it's bad. You know yeah. what? We need to bring up these issues. Well, yeah. This is, this is important. Yeah. No, so, I... I was just saying that, you know, Facebook knows more, way more about you. They have more data yeah. mining. They have all that stuff. It's no wonder that they're making more money off advertisements. Is that, I mean, Twitter's making money off advertisements, but it's not enough and all this stuff. It's like, eh. Can you just know. have less people working there? Yeah. <laughs> well, they are, they did layoffs already. Well, yeah. You know, they did a massive round of layoffs, yeah. which is good. I mean, you know, it's it sucks for the people that lost their jobs, but sometimes you got to, you know, you got to cut it down a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes. And th- those companies tend to blow it up pretty quick, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so your final, what? What do you? Are you na- yay or nay on this? What? What is your? Um, I'm, are you kind of wait and see? I'm. I understand why they're doing it. Yep. I'm kind of anti because I remember the way Twitter used to be, and I just don't trying to kind of move things towards. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. A little silly, but I don't think it's going to solve any of their problems, really. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't think <clears throat> trying the Me Too approach is going to, yeah, fix it. I think that I think if they truly figured out what makes them compelling and different mm-hmm. than all the other places, yeah, and just hammer down on that. I mean, I don't have the answer, right. but I'm also not CEO, right? So I'm kind of an armchair quarterback at this. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway. Anyway. Uh, well, wow. we wish them luck. Good we luck, do. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. May the force be with you, my friend. Exactly, Glenn. Okay. Well, uh, now it's time to talk about the question from the gentleman mailbag. Right. Uh, and this week, Glenn, we got a a card. We got a. a I want to say this is a this is a handmade Christmas card. It absolutely is. Um, which is awesome. And if, I, I'm, I'm a little sad that we we only get to talk about this now, right? Because because of, of our furlough, right? We had a long long couple weeks off. We weren't able to to talk about this, but we finally are able to 
do another podcast and uh, and talk about this this Christmas uh, nice little Christmas card that we got from gentleman user Amochis. That's right. Which I believe is French for the great cheese. The great cheese. Yes. He's. Uh, I, I know his first name. I think you'd be fine with saying our, our good our good buddy Andrew. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Sent us along, and it is, it's awesome. Yes. Um, I. Uh, well, you want to you want to go ahead and yeah. So it's a it's a nice little card, and it says, uh, "Dear gentlemen, podcast, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year." From a long time listener, but mm. first time writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted to write in and say how much I enjoy the podcast. Thanks for buttering us up. That's right. Um, and <laughs> ask a typical New Year's question. Uh, what new drink of the week are you most looking forward to in 2016? He says, all the best. This says, P.S. Can I get proof of the Hall slash Wall of Fame's existence? Now, I want to say something about this. <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> now, hang on, Brian. Just can simmer I, down. Can I get proof that the Taj Mahal exists? <laughs> Glenn, can you prove to me that the Statue of Liberty exists? Uh, oh, I could go there. Can you prove to me that... Can I call up the president and ask him if the White House exists? Well, um, I guess you're going to have to, Brian. Well, I, you know, look, I said I'm a, I'm a truth speaker earlier in the podcast. Truthsayer. I'm going to back up my talk about the Hall slash Wall of Fame and mm-hmm. illustrate this in a in, in the podcast... Uh, the image that goes along with the podcast. So photographic evidence, you will show us uh, yeah, what, will what we see all the time. Exactly. The Hall Slash Wall of Fame, right. which we walk through to get to right. the area where we record the podcast. You know like when football teams leave the locker room right. and they like they have the saying above. Or podcast the, like a champion today. Podcast like a champion today and they hit yep. it as they yep. go out. Exactly. That's, That's what, what we, we do. Every, every episode. We tap it with our cigars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, I, the gauntlet's been thrown down, so I'm going to have to respond with vigor. It it has I this this another thing I'll, I'll add about this um, that question it's it's tricky it's deep it's I mean it's deep. we got to mm-hmm. pull out the crystal ball here because it's not a known entity like mm-hmm. we don't know mm-hmm. what we're going to review mm-hmm. um, Brian what what were you what were you thinking so the question was what what drink are we most looking <coughs> forward to reviewing in 2016 mm-hmm. yeah man 2016 is gonna be great by the way it is gonna be great I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, I thought about this one. Hmm. I looked deep inside myself hmm. and my refrigerator, and I came to the conclusion that I am really looking forward to reviewing the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest for next year. Ooh. Now, uh, Ooh, yeah. the reasoning behind this is twofold, okay? First of all, uh, we're out of Oktoberfest season. Yep. and You're o- already missing it. And... Fall is the best time of year for me. I love fall. Mm. It's the beginning of things cooling down, football season. Uh, you know, it's actually pleasant to be outside. Ha- Halloween, Christmas is is right around the corner. You know, it's just it's a good time of year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love the Oktoberfest. I love that style of beer. I love that season. So I'm already in 2016. I'm already looking forward to doing that. And I picked the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest in particular because they do a different one every year. They mm-hmm. don't have the same one every year. Mm-hmm. They every year they consult with a German brewery, mm-hmm. a you know a legendary German brewery that's been around forever to come up with a unique Oktoberfest for that particular year. Mm-hmm. So I'm already looking forward to 
to to tasting and rating the 2016 Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. That was a great answer. Um, Thank you. I I I had I was I was having a hard time with this because, um, you know we we it, it's just a hard question because we don't know what each brewery is going to come out with. Um, I know our favorite breweries, or my favorite breweries, and you know we we have pretty similar tastes actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I was thinking through all the breweries that well, okay what are they going to come out with, and um, I think probably you know Deschutes is my. Shoots is my go-to. Mm-hmm. That's my, but it seems like they kind of have, at least what they package to Kansas, <laughs> right? Is a limited set. Mm-hmm. So I can't really pick that. Yeah, we have the local brewery Free State, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, really, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, I think that I don't know. So I'm, tr- I don't know. I, I what I'm what I'm looking forward to is, um, so this is how this is the way I. I I uh, went went to answer this. I'm looking forward to actually rating a stout that just blows us away because as because our highest rated beers have been Oktoberfests mm-hmm. and um, Jubilee Ale. seasonal ales, mm-hmm. but we have not had a stout. It's true. We've not had a stout mm-hmm. just sit there and say, "Look, you're going to drink me and you're going to like it." Yeah, and mm-hmm. to the tune of a 95. That's right. Or nine point five. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for the holy grail of stouts, basically. That's what I, exactly. That's what I'm looking for because I love stout beer. So maybe in 2016, yeah, I, I do too. I, a few episodes ago, we we did the extra stout from Guinness. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, it kind of made me. It reminded me how much I enjoy drinking a stout in the winter and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I've actually gotten a couple of Guinness extra stout <sighs> six packs since then. It's, it's, oh, they're know, so good. It's good. Yeah, it's a good little beer to have around the house and and like on a cold winter night having a, a nice frosty stout oh man um so yeah no that's a good answer i I like that too uh so we got to keep searching we just got to the quest cannot end until we get until we get there until we reach the peak find the unicorn that's right you know one thing we could do glenn is we could go get some of the free state growler beer at some point and do a you know compare contrast well you know they only bottle a few that's kinds true. Of free state when they have twelve different kinds on tap all the That's time. That's right. So we could do that. Um, we could do that at some point. We could do that. Uh, that sucks. That I gave Brian a a insulated growler for Christmas. Oh yeah. And uh-huh. I went to Free State to go fill it up to give it to him, mm-hmm. and they actually don't allow you to do that because of laws. Mm. I hate laws. Yeah. Well, I hate some laws. Kansas laws are weird. When it comes to liquor, Kansas yeah. laws are just bizarre. Yeah, uh, it's like you, you know. You can only you can't buy beer on Sunday unless it's you know unless you hop on one foot and yes you know say the alphabet backwards right uh, uh, and leave out the back door and spit on the sidewalk and right away right which is legal yes <laughs> um, so but I'm confused Glenn okay so how much cheese yes uh, sign this little buffs I, I gotta say and I, the, I, the I, picture I, on the front is a little buffalo I believe. right so I don't know I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, right. I, I recognize the name on the card. Right. Um, and I know that user from, or that member from, from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Little Buffs is, uh, the it's, it's on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Little Buffs. Um, and so, and on the picture, the picture of this, there, like you said, there's a picture of a little buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm not entirely sure. 
Um, I wish I wish I understood. Okay, so Little Buffalo, it's actually uh, a little buffalo. So it, it really is a little buffalo. And the t- uh, the Twitter handle is I'm just a little buffalo. <laughs> so I'm super cute. <laughs> so it uh, it's yeah, it does what it says on the tin. It's actually a small buffalo that is tweeting on Twitter. I wonder how uh, that little buffalo is going to handle the ten thousand character limit now. I don't know either, um, but he's also on Instagram. He or she mm. is also on Instagram. Uh, so maybe they'll maybe they'll just I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, little <laughs> buffalo, for sending um, <laughs> for sending us a letter. It's the first time I've ever gotten a letter from a little buffalo. Yeah, I, I for any animal. For yeah, that exactly. Um, well, anyway, we'll have to. Uh, yeah. So I guess we'll have to to rem- remember this when, when I try this year in Nevada, Oktoberfest and. Uh, you, we find an excellent stout. We're gonna do it. Yeah. So you know what I'm gonna be picking up for the next month or so. There you go. The search continues. We gotta find that pot of gold. Um, but anyway, so uh, thanks for the excellent letter. Thanks for the excellent card. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reminder out there: if somebody wants to send us something to the Gentleman Podcast, PO Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four, and it'll go in the hole it, it'll it'll be up on the hall that's right and you can see a picture of it right so uh we're gonna we're gonna unveil the hole yeah so pop we're gonna pull over. the hole the hole out from under you we're Just, gonna yeah <laughs> we're, yeah uh, anyway wow. all right glenn well uh that was episode 79 Looking forward to episode 80, which is two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Um, thanks for being patient with us while we were gone for the holidays. We're back in full force for 2016. In the saddle. Uh, ready to rock and knock out podcasts right. all the time. Just like Guns N' Roses. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Good evening. Good night. And good luck. <laughs>